Cut. Oh, fucking cut. Now I'm gonna you go buy, no, I'm, no, I'm gonna go purchase one. That's the problem. This this ain't for me. Well, I was like, you no, know, the background is mom and dad was addicted to crack cocaine. Okay. Right? All praises to the most high. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Doc Holiday Show where we love to uplift black men, black women, black teen, black child, black royalty. And today I want to talk about black royalty who do not address some of the things that need to be addressed. And what I'm talking about is mental health in the black community, especially amongst men and especially amongst athletes because I'm a black man. I'm black royalty. And I was once also an athlete, college athlete, NFL athlete, CFL athlete, football player, of course. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this, because mental health issues is that we don't address them in our community, especially black man, men. Because me being a black man, everything that I've gone through, deep depression states I've been in, we don't seek help because we think we can do it all ourselves. But we should seek help. But a lot of us don't. So that, therefore, that causes all kinds of other problems. Now, I want to talk about some of the situations that I've seen, but let me start with myself. Like my story, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, I've told it before. I'm the oldest of four kids that my mom had. My mom died when I was 11 years old, June 11th, 1985, a month before my 12th birthday. My birthday is in July. She died. Left behind four kids. My dad, strong black man, in his mind, he's figuring out how do I deal and handle and raise these kids by myself. Now, my pops, I'm pretty sure he had some depressive states back then because he told me. But he didn't go get any professional help. And we didn't get any professional help. Well, now I know as I get, as I've gotten older, we needed professional help. Because some of them same emotions and that hurt the stuff that I felt when I was 11 years old going through that tragically because she died in a car accident. So when you lose a parent, that's always tough. But when someone die, tra dies tragically like that, like they're there one minute, the next minute they're gone. And in my mom's case, she was there in the morning. I watched her get dressed for, for work. She worked at St. Jude. I watched her get dressed for work. She asked me to look into her closet to get her some white sandals. Got them. I helped her, I helped her put those sandals on as an 11-year-old kid. The next time I saw those white sandals was inside her, pun, her wrecked Pontiac T-1000 with blood all on them. That's the next time I saw those. And I haven't really talked about my mom enough, uh, uh, enough a lot because she died when I was such a young age. But let me briefly talk about how great she was. She was loving. She was supportive. She loved her kids. She loved her husband. She loved her family. She was that family member that she was going to do the cooking. She was going to do the cleaning. She was that loving. She was that bubbly of a personality. Everybody loved her. She had this charismatic personality. She had this smile. Everybody was drawn to her. And she died. She was only 34 years old. Now, me as a kid, 34 was old to me. Now that I'm 48, when I got to 34, I was like, damn, that's young. So she was there in the morning. She was gone at 
in the afternoon. Gone. Tragic. And my dad, he just had to deal with it. He had to deal with it. We needed counseling, but we never got it. So things I've gone through in my life as a black man probably needed some counseling, but wouldn't even admit that I had a problem. Because a lot of black men, we don't admit that we have problems or we need help. I still don't like to confess that if I need some help. I'm, I'm going to say I don't need help when I need help. But this is things that have to be addressed in our community and it's not talked about enough. So a lot of times when you see a black man, and I'm talking to sisters too because you all deal with a lot too, but especially black men. See, black women, black girls, y'all y'all go get help. Black men, won't, majority of us ain't going to do it. We ain't going to even admit that we need help. But I'm going back to the death of my mom at such a young age that, that was never addressed. So you're talking about somebody that already had a temper, who's already angry anyway. Don't know why I was just born that way. So when she dies, that gets multiplied times a thousand, times a million. Because now the anger, with me just having a temple problem, now you just stacked on the sudden death of a parent on top of it. Then other issues, you stack that on it, and it just builds. You don't address it, it just builds. You don't address it, it just builds. So when you're having success, you're still dealing with all these other emotions. Why the hell my mama had to die? Why she had to get killed? Damn. What? You're looking at people with they, both of their parents. You ain't wishing nothing bad on them. But you're like, damn. They got their mama. So then you see people who got their mom and their dad, and they talking bad to them. You be wanting to smack them upside their goddamn head. Like, what's wrong with you, man? You still got your mama. I ain't got mine. But you, you go from being a kid damaged that way, emotionally and mentally. Then you become a young adult. And with me, as an athlete, superstar athlete, I ain't, ain't going to say superstar athlete, star athlete, go to college, play football for Memphis. So you, when, I'm, when you're there, you're dealing with things. You broke. You got kids. They won't let you work. Then I've been hurt a whole bunch of times. All kinds of injuries from football. Countless the number of concussions. So you know that fucks with your head too. But you never, you in college, they never offer you any kind of mental help because you don't even think you need any. But you do. Because I was deep down and depressed. Because I was hurt a lot at Memphis. I didn't play in as many games that I should have because I was hurt a lot. But all these things, you're just dealing with them. As I say, you're not asking for help because you don't think you help. You don't think you need help. You're invincible. You're a black man. You're, you're a football star. Then my senior year, my senior year at Memphis, I was the only starter coming back on offense from the year before. Coach was mad at me. He didn't like me, so he made me last on the depth chart. Best player on the team, Specific, specifically on offense, made me last on the depth chart. So I go to camp. Now I'm mad and I'm pissed off. I'm depressed like this dude treat me this way. But that's just how it goes. Then I break my hand in training camp. So now I'm hurt. 
First game come around, I'm still hurt, depressed as hell. Still go out there and play. Then, but when I finally start playing with my broken hand, I just start balling. I really only played in six games my senior year. Well, really, I'll say five because that first game against Mississippi State, my hand was broken. I was just out there as a decoy because I had just broken like the week before. But after that, I played with it. They started giving me the rock. So I really only played. No, I played in six games, really. And our record was five and one. And I ran for almost 700 yards. Then I tell my hamstring. Tell my hamstring I can't play. And you talk about being depressed. You talking about being down. Because that was my senior year. So all I was thinking about NFL. Now I'm hurt. Now I can't play. So I couldn't play. Then I get invited to an all-star game. <coughs> Blue-gray all-star game. Get there. About a month or so after the season ends. Hurt my hamstring the first day of practice there. Re-injured it because it was never healed. Still practice. Still played. Had like three carries for like 40 yards or something like that. Even with a poor hamstring. But then the draft is coming up. So I've, I've torn my hamstring again because I never let it get injured. I mean, I never let it get healed. So all these scouts coming in, all these teams, they want to work me out. Instead of taking that advice, I was giving, they like, look, bro, don't run no 40 because you hurt. And they're not going to care about you being hurt. They just want you want to, want to put a 40 time on, on a sheet of paper. They're not going to look at it and say he was hurt. But me thinking I can tough it out, like I always tough things out, I toughed it out. Ran a 4940. Hurt like hell. So they were right. They didn't care about the fact that I was, I'm thinking they're going to be looking at me like, yeah, he toughed it out playing, you know, his senior year with a broken hand, then still trying to play with a torn hamstring. They weren't looking at it that way. But I thought that would be a good thing. It was a bad thing. I'm like, I'm going to run the 40. They'll be like, well, he tried it. Nope. All they, all they saw was a 4-9, me as a running back. Not the fact that my hamstring was still pulled. So I go undrafted. And, we, and this is what I'm talking about, that deep depression hit. Like for, for days, I just laid in my dorm room. No phone calls. Just dark. No class. Just sitting in darkness. Not contemplating suicide, but thinking like, man, I don't want to feel this. I wish I wasn't here. But I already had, by that time, I already had three kids, so there wasn't no option. But that mental sickness that I was, that was starting to take place and fester even more should have been addressed. But I wasn't going to tell anybody that I needed some help because I know plenty of other black men and black professionals athletes that they're not going to admit that they need help when they do. Some of them actually do commit suicide. A lot of them think about committing suicide. But with me, mine was just drinking out of control. That's how I dealt with it. And fighting. Drinking and fighting. It was horrible on my wife because I was a horrible ass dude because I hated the nigga I was looking at in the mirror. Felt like a failure. 
But that's that mental sickness that starts to take place. Now, I eventually did make it to the NFL, all praises to the most high, but didn't stay there as long as I wanted to or thought I was going to. So I come back from playing professional football, come back home. Now I got to go, I got to get back in college because I didn't didn't go to school really when I was in college. So I came back from the CFL, broke, had to catch, didn't have no car. I had to catch the bus for the first time, so I was catching the bus from Whitehaven to the University of Memphis. Walking to the bus stop, humbled, sad, down. People looking at you, you know they laughing at you. That was a tough thing to go through. I mean, tough. I used to be at home, lock myself Oh, not only that, even before that, when I came back, had to find somewhere to stay because my dad decided to sell our childhood home because he had started a new family, which I don't, I understand. I don't blame him. I was grown. So now I'm dealing with that. I got to find somewhere to stay. I ain't got no car. I got to get back in school. Now I'm walking. I'm this football star. Now I'm down and out. Luckily, my wife was holding it down, making sure the kids were taken care of because I didn't really have anything. I was always there for them, but I wasn't really there for her because I was depressed. I didn't like to do it in the mirror. I did think about suicide then. Yes. But I knew I wasn't going to do it. But I thought about it. And I know plenty other black men that think about it, that go through things, that don't get, no, that, that don't get the help. That's why I made a video, a show earlier talking about the NFL and the NBA. A lot of times it's a curse for us because we don't know how to deal with it. But anyway, dealing with that, going through that, then getting my first job in TV and being fired a couple of times, just being fired, broke as hell. Now you got fired because I didn't really know how to be an employee. I didn't. And I had never really worked before. So, you make mistakes. But that depression, that deep depression, I mean, it was deep. I mean, it was so bad, I had started getting big alopecia ball spots in the back of my head. That's how much I was stressed out. But I should have asked for some help. I should have asked for some, I should have went to some counseling. My wife used to say, Won't you go to, won't you go to counseling? You know, damn counseling. Because we look at it as being weak. You know, help. Tell somebody my problems for for what? Hell no, I deal with it. And my way of dealing with it was making everybody else's life fucking miserable. Because I was miserable. So I wasn't dealing with it. Wanting to get out of here. Knowing you ain't, I, I, I want to get out of here. Thinking about suicide, but you really don't want to commit suicide. You just see me. I'm just hoping God hears me and be like, all right, I don't want you to kill yourself. So let me give you some things. He wasn't going for that because he knew I wasn't going to do it. But it's almost like I'm trying to bluff him. I'm going to kill myself if you don't listen to me, if you don't help me out. But I say that that's that's some mental health problems and mental issues that a lot of athletes deal with. That's why if you see a lot of professional athletes later on in life, Some of them do commit suicide. A lot of them be depressed. 
Now, people look at them and point at them and they laugh at them because they didn't lost their money. They didn't went broke because anybody showed them how to use the money. They just give it to them. Then people take from them. You see them, they be depressed. Like, damn, how you go through all that money? They broke. Like the basketball player, what's his name? Delonte West. Remember? Yeah. The mental issues he was having. Yeah, he ain't thought, I mean, broke totally down. I think somebody had to force him to go get some help. <clears throat> he didn't do it himself. Yeah, finally. But when he was playing, he was, because a lot of them be depressed like that while they're playing. Because you're trying to take care of everybody, you're trying to live up to everybody else's expectations. A lot of times you be doing a lot of shit you really don't want to do. But you think that's part of the lifestyle. That's how you're supposed to portray yourself. So that's what you do. So a lot of them be unhappy. And we we get judged. People point at you, laugh at you like, ah, when it ain't funny. When a lot of times we need some help. We just don't know how to ask for it. We need somebody to show us some love, even though we don't know how to ask for the love. A lot of times we don't even know how to accept the love. But we need it. So Zion Williamson. We know everything's been said about him. Now, he's been hurt. I think he's coming around now. They showed a clip of Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, talking about Zion Williams because he's gained weight, joking about how fat he is, cracking on this young, these two grown-ass Negroes who Zion, I'm pretty sure, looked up to. Right, right, Cash, don't you think? I bet he looked up to them as heroes, as role models. They're on national TV talking about this young man, and I'm pretty sure that young man is depressed and down because he's hurt. Everybody expected him to be this superstar, and it's not happening right now. Who knows where he is in his mental state? Instead of them being supportive, they want to be on TV and be entertaining and crack on the man. They think that shit funny. Charles Barkley, what, Shaq look like me and you had a baby. Look at him. Because he didn't gain weight. Because he's hurt. I think he hurt his foot. Can't be up on your feet. You got a broken foot. That pissed me off so much because I'm like, y'all never know what his, what his man's, this young man, he's a young man. Where his mental state is. He could be contemplating, contemplating suicide because that's a, some, it's a hell of a lot of damn pressure to have on you. But instead of them being using their platform to be supportive to the young black man, they want to crack on him and talk about him. And once again, I only hear them talk about black men too. But that's another conversation. But mental health issues in our community, especially in, you know, and even as I make this and talk about this, I probably need some counseling and some, some help now. But guess what? You think I'm going? Hell no. <laughs> I'm not going. Even though I can admit, that's, that's, that's how much the pride sets in. Even though I can admit that I probably need some help, some shit needs to be addressed from my past, hurt, pain, let down, heart torn to pieces, 
dealing with deaths, because I done dealt with a lot of death in my family. I can admit that I need some help, but guess what? Still not going to go get it. That's the state of us in our community. Sad, yes. Now, man, I'm not making any excuses for anything, but I just felt like this is something that needs to be addressed. Because that's when I honestly, when I read that Imani Bates thing, I was like, are you kidding me? They made this young man, uh, he wanted to quit? Because that's how bad they talked about him. Because y'all know the world will lift you up only to tear your ass down. They waiting on the opportunity to tear you down. And people can say whatever they want to say. It's hard as hell being a black man in the world. Because nothing we do is good enough. But it's hard being a black person in the world. Because nothing we do is good enough. But mental health, mental health awareness, getting help. Even though I might sound like a hypocrite, young black man, young black boy, if you need some help, reach out. Go get it. Because I have people I talk to. I've been to my wife. I talk to her. I don't like to admit that I have vulnerabilities. I don't like to admit pain that I have. I don't. I don't like to show it. I don't like to admit that, you know, sometimes I cry. Mom's died 36 years ago. Still cry about it. I don't like to admit that. I ain't going to damn sure I ain't going to show it. I don't like to admit that. That it still hurts. That's all I'm saying. Black man, black woman, black boy, black girl. Specifically black men. If you need some help, go seek it out. Don't turn to drinking, drugs, because that shit don't make it go away. It does not. It just enhances it, magnifies it. It's just by the grace of God that I'm still sitting here alive. Because when my mom died, I got to doing a bunch of shit that I ain't had no business doing. That was part of depression. That was part of being angry because anger comes with depression too. It ain't just your ass sitting around sad all the time. It's different states of depression. Some people handle it differently. Some people droop down and be isolated. I'd have been through that stage. I damn sure have been through the stage where I'm drinking. I'm trying to fight everybody. I don't give a shit. One on 30, so let's fight. You blink two times at me, I'm hitting you because I need that outlet. I needed something. I need to release it, especially when football was over. That mono a mono, that clashing. So I just love that. I win. I'm, I may win. I may lose. I might get my head cracked in. I might crack your head in. This shit was exhilarating. Fighting was used to, is exhilarating. It used to be exhilarating. Well, it's still exhilarating to me. But uh, <laughs> I know, Kay, that shit feel, still, still feel pretty good. You know what I'm saying? But I, I'm just saying, it ain't no outlet that I use like that. I still will if I have to. But it ain't like I used to go. I used to go looking for it, waiting for it, seeking it out like a damn lion on, on a hunt. I'm looking for it because I, I was depressed. I needed that outlet. I didn't ask for help. 
A lot of us don't ask for help. But mental health awareness, especially among black men, it's okay to get some help. It's okay to talk to somebody, even if you don't go get professional help. Because I know I ain't going to get no professional help, but I, I, I will admit and talk to people that I trust now. I will admit and talk to them. Because you have to. But it's an important topic. Needs to be discussed, needs to be addressed. Because if we're going to continue to progress as a people and be uplifted, men, we got to get ourselves right. We ain't right, family ain't right. But thank you all for watching. That's going to do it for another episode of the Doc Holiday Show where we love to uplift black men, black woman, black teen, black child, black royalty. Thank you very, very much.
you cook 